0: Thanks for listening. Good morning, good morning. If it has not been said, welcome. My name is Jericho. I'm the family life pastor. And you guys look great. I am envious of everybody wearing shorts. All right. I'm not envious of the people with the AC at home. I know your electric bell's crazier than mine. All right. Um, as the deer pants for fresh water, so my soul and all of me desires you, God, in my life. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Friends, we continue our study this morning um, of what it means to follow God, follow Jesus. Um, We have looked at growing in our inner person and what it means to devote ourselves to Jesus and others and his word. We have, um, I hope that's challenged you guys to remain in the scriptures to sustain you guys. Um, Today we gather as well, we're going to do communion in a little bit, so if you're at home, if you want to gather the elements, and for you guys in here, as you guys prepare your hearts um, this morning as we do that. We've also looked at growing up and looking at our direction with the Lord. What does that look like for us to worship Him? Um, As we follow Jesus, we are a worshiping church, right? And that our whole perspective is shaped by the person of Jesus, and we give our whole lives just as... Jesus gave his for us. Today, we are going to be looking at growing out. Like, what does it mean to grow in our love for other people? What does it look like for us to follow Jesus and to be a caring church, right? See, the mission perspective, when Jesus says, hey, go into all the world, teach them all that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, right? We sometimes think that missions is about going out. Going out, and it is, but there's another part of missions. The other perspective of missions is that we are a hospital for the hurting, right? Yes, we go out to the farthest reaches of the world, but we try to bring a place where we can bring healing here, right? And that's why we gather, because the world is hurting. They're seeking refuge. They're looking for the medicine that can cure their hurts. They're needing healing, they're needing rehabilitation so that their lives can be better spiritually and relationally. So today we will be looking at what did the early church do in the way that they cared for one another? What did they do as they cared for the, their community? So if you have your Bibles, um, we are going to look at our parallel verse in Acts 4 today. Acts 4 verses 32 to 37. Um, by the way, do you guys love that we brought the bulletins back? Right, Um, And so we want for you guys to use that. And so if you come early, that says where we're going to be today. And so I know there are a few of you that are like, you know, the bulletin tells me where the scripture is, and I'm ready. Um, All right, so we're going to be in Acts 4, 32 to 37. The Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in transforming lives of the new believers and shaping the new community. There's unity, there's generosity, and there's a powerful witness, and that is the characteristic of this group, all right? The book of Acts shows us the beginning of the church, and the Holy Spirit is the one breathing life into it. The same way that the Holy Spirit worked in that early church, that same Spirit is still breathing life today, in here, in the lives, right? It's, the, the sermon is great, but testimonies, right? You can't beat that. So thanks, Julie, for, for being faithful. Would you please stand as we read um, Acts 4, verses 32 to 37? Um, you can read with me or follow along, starting at verse 32. All the believers who were one in heart and mind, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, that there were no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I continue reading, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, God, would you help us embody what your Holy Spirit designed the church to be today? God, that we are loved and cared for by you first. That you, Holy Spirit, causes us to live in a new way, a new revelation of your love for us first. Would you bless us? God, the sermon this morning, that you would use me to encourage us, the church, to love others. Would you heal our community, Lord, and use us as agents of healing that you've called us to? And we pray this in your powerful and mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, friends. The first thing, the early church understood that they were cared for by the Holy Spirit. Before we get to what it means to care for others, we have to understand what the Holy Spirit does for us. We live in the age of the Spirit, where the third person of the Trinity has been poured out and remains in each and every one of us. See, in the Old Testament, the, the Holy Spirit would come for a special assignment, right? They would need a king, and there's this faithful guy, and, or a faithful gal, and the Holy Spirit would come upon her, and she would fulfill the assignment, and then the Holy Spirit would, would go. The famous story of David versus Goliath, right? There's the shepherd boy that says, hey, I need to defeat that giant. The Holy Spirit comes upon him, empowers him, and then leaves. Yet, that, that is not our case today because we are in the age of the Spirit. Because Jesus, is, as, as he was getting baptized, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and remains. Right? And that has been spoken of in the last days that the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon you and me. How is it that a holy God can stay with a broken world? Jesus, right? Because of Jesus' sacrifice. Because when God looks at us, He sees Jesus. He says, wow, Jesus has already paid it all. And I am making a new thing. And what God is doing is we have belonging. We have each other. We have a new family member. Look at each other, right? This is great that Jesus is putting a family to be a witness here in this world. But what is the role of the Holy Spirit? We're going to turn left in our Bibles, all right, at John 14, 15, and 16. Um, So if you turn left six pages, six pages in my Bible, you get there. In kids' ministry, we say, John, big number 14, small number 15. (laughs) Yeah? You like that? What does the Holy Spirit do? These are words of Jesus himself. Verses 15 to 18 in chapter 14 says, If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. To do what? To help you and to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept them. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is before Jesus goes to the cross and before Pentecost. When Jesus makes a promise, does he keep it? Uh Uh-huh. And he kept this promise, right? The Holy Spirit is with us today. Do you know him? Do you know that Holy Spirit in you? In chapter 15, verses 26, it says this, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. See, truth is a big question in our culture today. And truth is not a relative thing. It's a person. Right? Truth, yes, is based on reality. But it's based off of who created everything. Jesus created the world and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if he created everything, don't you think he knows what truth is? And it's found in the person of Jesus. Lastly, in John 16, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you, what is still yet to come. So when you read your scriptures, and I hope that it's sustaining you, there are parts that don't make sense. But you can say, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you help bring this to life? Would you please help me understand who Jesus is? The other name for the Holy Spirit, He is the God of comfort. Because in our heart of hearts, we need belonging. We don't want to be alone. We don't want to have an alienated relationship with our family all right, and that is the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. Anybody who is born of flesh, who has a worldly perspective, will have a worldly perspective. But if you've been born again, you are born of this same Spirit. The world will try to understand the Spirit, and actually you, but they won't understand it. Because we live in the age of the Spirit. True worshipers, Jesus says, are those who worship God in spirit and in truth. Do you know this Holy Spirit? Do you experience His work in your life? Let me tell you my favorite thing as a pastor is to show you guys what you already know. You might just not know it. Maybe you're distracted by other things. But do you know that the Holy Spirit is working powerfully in you? We're going to turn to the Old Testament in Psalm 139. You can close your Bible, crack it in half. We'll get there. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 12. It says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I'm having the best day of my life, God, you're there. If I'm having just like a dumpy kind of day, I know you're there. If I I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I'm having an awesome life and I can't wait to wake up to welcome the day, or if I just can't wait for that five o'clock so that I can go home, Or I can't go back, I can't just wait until I get to to relaxing at home. It says, there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. I want to correct something in our hearts, friends. I think sometimes we think that God's presence is contingent upon how we hold on to God. That's not what that scripture says. It doesn't say, hey, if you're having an awesome day, keep holding on tight. Right? Grip. What he's saying is, I'm here, I'm holding you, I'm guiding you. My strength is with you all the time, in your good days and in your worst. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. However dark your season is right now, if you have God, you have hope. Right. The light of mankind, the light of the world, Jesus Himself, and His Spirit is with you. I'm sorry, by the way. I don't like it when preachers minimize our pain, right? But we have to let the Scriptures tell us how to feel about things. God, the Holy Spirit, knows where you're at right now in your location, your situation. He knows how you're feeling about your situation. He knows how you feel about the feeling that you have. He knows the core truth that is operating under that feeling. And you know what? He knows the hurt and the trauma that caused that core belief. And you know sometimes psychology stops there. We just want to get to the root of the problem, right? But as Christians, we know that there is the Holy Spirit's desire. He might have allowed for things to happen, but he still has a desire Um, in seminary they taught us to ask this question, why? You have to ask it six times, right? And that's what I just said to you, hey, where are you at in life? Why are you there? Oh, because you feel this way. Why do you feel that way? That's how you feel about your feeling. What are you believing about yourself? Where's the hurt? But where is God's desire? Do you guys care for an example? All right, here we go, Jericho. Um, there's a lot of changes in my life. we got a number four kid, baby Jonah, and Jessica just started back at work after maternity leave, and she's been in it two weeks. That means I have to kick into gear to be childcare, okay? Um, My kids love me, but they love mom better. (laughs) All right? (laughs) It feels like it. Um, And so I feel like sometimes I'm like, man, Lord, I just feel like a failure. I can't do this. Um, And then... If I think about how do I feel about being a failure, I'm just like, man, I just feel kind of ashamed, you know? This is number four. It should be easy, right? But I'm realizing I don't have enough hands. I can't follow through. Um, And then what is that core identity that is underneath the shame and the feeling of failure is I have this achievement identity that I am loved according to how I can perform, and then I said, why do I have that? And maybe I have people that have spoken things over my life that says, hey, you've got to be better than the people around you. right? Just fake it until you make it. right?" And as a child, the pressure of that kind of just weighs on you. And I think sometimes you're like, all right, that's five whys. One, two, three, four, five. But then you've got to ask why. God, what was your desire underneath that? And the Holy Spirit's desire is that you are loved by God because He just loves you. Because He loves you, because He loves you. And it's not about your achievement. It's not about how you can hold on to Him. He loves you the way you are, and He doesn't want, you, he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to carry you through life. Not only does the Holy Spirit know where you're at, But in Romans 8.28 it says that the Holy Spirit prays for us even in our weakness. And His prayers don't even have words. It's just groans. There are groans too deep for words. It's not that the Holy Spirit just knows about your situation. He's praying for you. Do you know this Holy Spirit? Do you know that you are cared for and loved by this Spirit? Because from that place... The Holy Spirit causes us to care for the needs of others. And this is what they did. All right, we're going to go back to our Acts 4 passage. In verse 32 to 34, all the believers were one in heart and mind. They were united. No one claimed that any of their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. They were sharing community. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit united them, and the Holy Spirit gave them a different perspective on their possessions, and the Lord continued to work in their lives. The reason why we want to bring testimonies back here is, yes, there are times when like the songs are enough, but there are times where you're like, all right, Lord, I'm having a hard time. And testimonies like Julie's just show us who got it. And that he cares for us at every stage. The Holy Spirit is putting everything in its rightful place. Even their possessions have an eternal perspective. If you turn right on your Bibles in Hebrews 10. Um, is a list of people who have lived faithfully to the Lord. And it says at verse 34b. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted Um, the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. When we live a life with the Spirit, we see the right perspective, our possessions, right? Do you know that when they gave up their possessions, willingly, by the way, this is not communism, right? This is them saying there's a need and I will willingly sell part of my My property and give. Right? It's not mandatory. But do you know that 15 years later that they had a huge famine in the land? Right? That the Lord is using each and every one of you in ways more than just right now. What does that look like to invest in the next generation? Right? And we benefit from it. There are people that faithfully gave of their lives, and we are here. We're here today. The money that they gave went to the orphans, to the widows, to the foreigners, and to the furthering of the gospel of Jesus. It's not by accident that God has you at your workplace, in your neighborhoods, and the places where you play. Because the God, the Holy Spirit, is trying to show the world around you, right, that we're a hospital for the hurting, that maybe at your workplaces there are people that struggle with their achievement identity, And you can tell them, you know what? I get to do this because I love the Lord and I want to bless my family and I want to bless others. You might have neighbors that they might understand, you know what? I am only loved by the amount of stuff and vacations that I can post. But you know that your friendship to these people in your neighborhood, right? they mean so much more because the Holy Spirit is making a community. He's in the ministry of belonging. Your friendship matters. To your neighbors, now, if you're a parent and you're like, "Man, I'm going from soccer field to soccer field to swim meets to dance meets," right? You can show these parents around you, you know, the friendship that you have because of the Holy Spirit in your life. My worry is this: Are we shaped more by the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit, or are we shaped more than our culture? Um, side note: With social media. Social media says, if you look like us, if you think like us, if you believe like us, you're one of us. Right? And it's, it's great. Community is great, and common ground is awesome, but the world is not just one color. It's not just one direction, right? The Lord is bringing diversity through everybody. And there's a picture, and that's the guy, Mr. Barnabas. Can we call him Barney? <laughs> Barney was this faithful guy, and I love this, he sold a field. And I'm like, Lord, how many fields did he have? But he sold one, willingly, and he gave it to the apostles, and he brought him to their feet. And he says, you know what, Lord, I am going to give, and I'm going to submit that the apostles, my leaders, will know what to do with this. Right? He blessed the people in his ministry. Um, do you know later on he was a missionary with Paul? When Paul, the persecutor, um, became a Christian, he actually went home. They were so scared of him that he went home that it says that it took 7 to 14 years before he went back to the ministry. And guess who brought him back? Barnabas. Barnaby. Barney. Barney says, hey, the the Gentile Christians are getting to know the Lord. I know it's been 7 years, and I I know you like your tent business, but I need you to come back. I need you with me. Barney is the contrast of the the rich young ruler in Luke 18. There's, There's a rich young ruler that says, Jesus, I've done everything in the Ten Commandments. I've done all of it. What else should I do? And Jesus says, I want you to take all that you have and sell it and give it to the poor. And what did the rich young ruler do? He dropped his head and he says, I can't do it. I can't do it. Because Jesus knew how his heart was tied to his possessions. See, it's not about the quantity, friends, because in Luke 21, 1 to 4, we have the widow's might. The widow gave all that she had, the two pennies that she owned. And Jesus was blessed with it. Jesus knew that the rich young ruler had a heart attachment to his possessions. And he says, I want to save you from yourself. I want to save you from how your heart is tied to those things. I want you to live free. I want you to hold to things loosely. Here in SoCal, the reason why we recruit so many volunteers is we understand that the most valuable commodity that we have is our time. We're so busy, right? And I understand that when I ask you, hey, you want to come hang out on Wednesdays? You want to come hang out on Sunday mornings? But is the Lord challenging us? How is your heart attachment to your time? Do you want to use it to teach these kids? By the way, I just want to tell you guys, the Holy Spirit's the one that teaches the kids upstairs. We're just there. We're not childcare. We still have to teach from the Word, but we acknowledge that it's the Holy Spirit that illuminates the Word in the kids' hearts. The same way in here. I can be funny, kind of, but it's the Holy Spirit that teaches you guys. right? When the light bulb turns on. What does this mean for our community to be a hospital for the hurting? A few things. We can only give what we have received. Do you understand how much the Holy Spirit loves you, cares for you? and is with you, holding fast, guiding you through the, the mountains of life and through the valleys that you're going through. The second thing is, God cares about your heart relationship to things. right? And we know it by your worry. Right? If it's consuming so much that you're worried about it, the Lord says, I want to set you free. I'll take care of you. And then the third thing is, you have a story that only you can tell. You have a song that you need to sing. You have a life transformation, a testimony to share of how the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Isn't that so good? The Holy Spirit can do it all by himself, but he wants to use you and I. This is what it means to follow Jesus, friends. Would you pray with me? And we're going to go to the communion table. Living Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for caring and loving us and holding on tight to our lives. God, that even the darkest nights are light to you. God, would you help us see in right perspective where you are in our lives. God, would you save us from our heart attachment to things? God, it's a a joy to give. Blessed are the givers. Jesus, we thank you for giving us your son and giving us your spirit and giving us your church. God, as we gather this morning, Lord, would you sustain us? Would you sustain us today, Lord, as we walk walk out into the world again? Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at CPC.